Hello, and welcome to episode 235 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Jeremy W., Gemma D., Erica D.F., and Chris F. to The Modern Manager community. I am super excited to share that there is a new benefit available to participants in the Modern Manager Skills Accelerator, and I wanted you to know about it just in case it is something that would be helpful to you. I am now offering one-on-one asynchronous coaching to every person in the program. So basically, you send me a written video or audio message asking a question or explaining what you're struggling with, and I will respond with a written video or audio message with some questions, my reflections, and a few ideas for you to consider. My hope is that this will give you the real-time personalized support that you need without the high cost that comes with an executive coach. To learn more about the Modern Manager Skills Accelerator and get that one-on-one asynchronous coaching with me, go to themodernmanager.com slash skills-accelerator or check the show notes. Today's guest is Katherine Matiski. Katherine is a leading global business educator and author with 30 years of experience across industries, including banking, insurance, pharmaceuticals, biotechnology, and retail. She is the founder of TPC, the performance company, an international training and consulting organization that has worked with Fortune 100 companies worldwide. Catherine has authored more than 30 books, and her latest is Unlock Inner Genius, Power Your Path to Extraordinary Success. Catherine and I talk about the inner genius concept. We get into how to find your inner genius, how to connect what you love to do outside of work and get that same state of flow while at work, the different genius archetypes, building a team that optimizes for the inner genius, and a lot more. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Catherine. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because usually I like read the person's book or do a bunch of research and we changed our topic, which I'm perfectly happy with because now I get to really be a true learner in this conversation. So welcome. Great. Great to be with you. All right. So you have a concept called inner genius. Can you tell us what what is this at, at a very high level before we dive deep into all the inner workings of it? So I've always believed that every person on the planet is good at at least one thing. And I call that their inner genius. Like what is it that really lights a fire within people? Where do their eyes glisten? Where do they show up and go, I'm loving doing this? Now that could be in their work. Or that could be at home, it could be with friends, family, wherever. But everybody has that place and we all know what that place is like. And when we're in that place, which I call your genius zone, time seems to go really quickly. So if you are fantastic at, let's say you're a genius at Microsoft Excel, well, you are so happy to be deep diving into massive worksheets and all of a sudden two or three hours has gone past And you go, oh, where's the time gone? Or perhaps you are a fantastic cake decorator and that's your genius zone. Everyone has one where they just get completely absorbed in this genius place where they're perfectly happy to be there for a really long time. And that's where they operate the best. So I thought, 
What if we could get people into their genius zone inside their work, even if it's not their real happy place? How do we get people, individuals into their genius zone? And then how do we get teams into their collective genius zones? Because when people are in a group genius zone and they're all firing on all cylinders, they are unstoppable. Well, I love this idea of a group genius zone. I had never thought about getting a team to its place where it is like so optimized doing the thing that it is so great as as a collective. But before we dive into that, let's go back to this individual zone because it sounds like it's a combination of flow and kind of getting to that place where you're you're just like you're so deep in it and time flies and and also something that you're sounds like you're really good at and you really enjoy doing. So it's it's this combination of things where it's like you're just you're in your happy places, I guess how I would say it. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is that that place is often not connected to people's jobs. So then how do you bridge that gap? And by looking at what are you really good at? Like, where is that happy place? Do you call it? Where is that flow? And to start to look at what am I doing then that I could then take into other places? So is it really, really detailed work? Am I really good at that? Or am I really good at connecting with people? Or am I really good constructing things and getting things done? Or am I the visionary inventor? Now, you can take all of those things and say, no matter what your happy place is, whether it's jigsaw puzzles on a Sunday afternoon, whatever that happy place is, you can take that and say, what are the elements? What am I actually doing in that that I can translate into other areas of my life? That's the trick. Uh, And that feels like the hard part, too, because if I love baking, it's like, well, how am I going to bake at work? So figuring out what are the elements that make baking so wonderful for me, it's it's that Mm. breakdown. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so that is that is hard. And so that's been my entire life's work to work that out. So that's why I created the inner genius profile. So no one has to think about that. You just answer the questions and out pops the answer. But if you think about baking, like it's very systematic. It's you're measuring all your ingredients, you're doing things in a systematic way, and you're building and constructing things from ingredients to a final product. And then there's probably an element of visual blender, if I can use that word at the end, where you're, you know, frosting the cake and decorating it and doing whatever. So just that notion says, okay, well, where in my work can I be that practical? I can really get hands on. I'm very clear in what I'm doing. It's methodical. I'm following a roadmap. Now we're starting to think like, oh, okay, maybe I could be the archetype of what I call the cartographer, which is where I'm the real doer in a very visual way. Now, I can take that into my work because now I could be the person managing a project, working out all the steps, getting people to follow those steps, doing roadmaps, see how the transition just happened from baking to work. That's so incredible. All right. So can you walk us through the different archetypes? So there's 12 of them. And they really fall into four categories. There's three of them. So let's not go through the 12, but there's there's three of them 
that are all about people who love to connect with other people. So those three archetypes, the decryptor, the narrator and the catalyst, are the people that are asking the big why questions. They're the ones that are very inquisitive, they're solving problems and so on. Now, they're a special group of people and we need them on our team. The next group of people are the detailed people, the scribe, the valedictorian and the horologist. So those people are structured, they're detailed, they're logical, they are all about the facts, they're practical, they're efficient. And I've got a really detailed person, the scribe, is on one of is on my team and we are poles apart and yet I need her to put all my ideas into detail and into practice. So I need my scribe. So they're the detail group. Then we've got the construct group. They're the people that take all of that reasons why we're doing things. They take all that detail and they actually do it. They're the doers in my team. That's the cartographer, the composer and the mason. So those people, that's your baker, okay? They're methodical, but they're actually getting in and getting their hands dirty and doing it. And they're the ones that take ownership and gather the troops around and go, right, I've got this project plan. It's all very well on paper, but let's get in and do it. The last group is where I fit. That's the invent group. That's the futurist. That's me. The energizer and the explorer. So these people are the visionaries. They're dreaming up the next product idea. They're looking towards the road ahead in business and saying, where are we going? What are we doing? Often these people are very entrepreneurial, but they might also be intrapreneurial as well. And so they're the cheerleaders of the team and they're confident and razor sharp and they're always the big visionary, the big ideas people. The upshot is if you are that big ideas person and you don't have someone to do the detail in your team or you don't have someone to do the doing, then or asking the big questions of why are we doing this? What's the link? What's the link to our customers and so on? If you don't have that balance, and that's a key word here, the balance across your team, then chances are you might be hiring people just like you and not getting that collective genius zone in the team. So can you talk a little bit about how do you figure out what genius zone you are and what genius archetype your team members are so that you can look at your team collectively and say, do we have the right people here with the right interests and skill sets and genius zones to be able to do our work? Yeah, so that's really easy. So that takes 10 minutes. So from where you're listening right now to 10 minutes time, you can have that answer. So you would each do the inner genius profile online, takes 10 minutes. And then from there, you create a team map and you say, okay, there's 12 archetypes. What have we got in our team? Who have we got in our team? Which archetypes do we have? And then there's a team map and you write down the names in the team map. And then you look at it and go, oh, I hire people just like me because I like them, okay? (laughs) That's a problem because now you might have lots of people all in the one quadrant or all in the one kind of type. Like we, we said about the connect, detail, construct and invent. You say, oh, hang on, I'm hiring people like myself. Now that's very natural and normal because you like them. You resonate with them and you jive with them because they're just like you. And you go, wow, they've got, if you're an ideas person, they've got ideas. And I love that. 
Mm-mm. You don't need another one of you as a manager, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. You need people that are different to you. So then you look at your team map and you say, do I have balance? Now, the answer might be yes. Fantastic. We've got people all over the map, which is ideal. Or you might say, oh, we're a little bit out of balance. So that means that on your next hire, you would you might say, I really need someone who is going to do that detail for me. Or I really need the doer who can go away and construct the heck out of our new product range or whatever you're doing. So the team map is the clue here to say, where is everybody? And even if there's gaps, it's completely okay. It's not a hiring tool. It's to say that everybody shows up and if as a manager, I can keep them where they're operating best, then that's my best choice. That makes sense that it's not necessary that we can't all do all of these different things. It's really just about where do we thrive? Exactly. And see, for me, I'm a futurist. Can I do the detail? Absolutely. Do I like doing the detail? No. Do I do the detail well? I do the detail well in my world for 43 minutes. And I've timed it with my team. (laughs) I've timed it on Zoom calls. After 40 minutes, I'm starting to get edgy. And yesterday was a classic example. We were on a Miro board. If you've used, if you haven't used Miro, then it's fantastic. And I don't even, I should sell Miro really because it's a great tool. I was on a big Miro board with my team and we were mapping out the customer journey for a product. Okay. So it's an hour meeting and 40 minutes in, I'd had enough of this detail tiny little post-it notes on a massive Miro board, working out all the details. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, get me out of here. At 43 minutes, I could feel like I'm losing the will to live, okay? And I, I now make a joke of it, and my team knows that they've got about 30 minutes of my prime time in detail, and then after that, I'm starting to lose the will to live, as I call it, which is not really true, but it's a metaphor for I'm done now. Get me back into the big picture because where I work best and where I can work for hours, hours and hours is on a Miro board but coming up with new ideas for the business, coming up with products, coming up with new things to do with our existing customer base. That's where I operate. Put me there for hours. Oh, I'm a happy camper. Put me on that mirror, that same mirror board where we're doing the excruciating detail, 43 minutes, and I'm done. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so, so fascinating how the same, even like context matter, like it, the context doesn't even matter. I say mirror board, but the <laughs> activity is so powerful. <laughs> And so, yeah. so cool that you know that about yourself now. I'm super curious about myself. All right. So, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this team genius zone for a second here. That what is, are, is it the same archetypes or kind of how do you think about the team and the collection together fulfilling its genius zone? Well, if you think about my team, okay. So I've got people all over different archetypes. So The best thing I can do as a leader, as a business owner, is to keep people in tasks that are aligned to their archetype. So the worst thing I can do is to give my scribe, for example, the structured, detailed, visual, logical, procedural member of my team, 
the worst thing that I can do with her is to take her out of her genius zone. It happens from time to time. So I will say to her, hey, could you have a look at this and give me the overarching feeling of what is happening? And she just looks at me and goes, well, what do you want me to produce? And I go, then let's have a conversation at the end of the week. You could just have a look at this as an overview and give me your thoughts. So that is not in her genius zone. Something better for me to say is I would like you to take these four books of mine and create a checklist to make sure that we have covered off A, B, C, D, E, F, G, da, 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 da. And on that checklist, if you could just create that in Word or Excel, but I want you to do the checklist for each of those four books. Now she's in her genius zone because I've given her the structure, I've given her the detail, it's logical and it's procedural. Now she's very happy in that. Whereas in the first instance, if I say, look, just give me an overview of this, I'm really talking to someone like me and she's not. So the best thing to do, and if it's logical, like all of this is logic, is to say what do people do best? When are they doing their best work? How can I keep them there? The more I can keep them there as individual team members and if all the team members are aware and very open about their genius zones to say, I'm a scribe, I'll do the detail. I'm a decryptor, I'll ask all the why questions and I'll make the connections from this product to all of our other products. I'm the mason, I do the work, you tell me what you need doing and I'm the guy to do it. And then someone else is something else. If you can get people all working to say, what can I contribute to this project that brings the best out of me? That project will flow. But that's generally not how projects are distributed. They're just distributed on like a waterfall workflow. We have to do this first. We have to do this. And whoever is on the team picks that up, whether it's in their genius zone or not. And so it's a different way of thinking. And the best thing is, I, I think in my team, if I take that as an example, the best thing is we look to each other and say, okay, how would you do this? Because this is in your genius zone. And that person always comes up with the gold, 100% of the time, because they see it from their lens. And they always bring the best of themselves to the task or the project. That's when you get that synergy of one plus one plus one plus one equals greater than four because everyone is working together as their best selves. It's such a smart way to bring people together into a team project is less looking at the what are you skilled at or what's your title or what's your role here, but really like where do you thrive and then assigning work that way. It's just I love this concept. I can't wait to try this with my team. Well, the, well, the thing is that if you if you're a manager listening to this and you say I've got a team, think about how many projects remain unfinished right now. How many times do you go to a meeting and check in on a project and no one's done anything on it, or it's lingering, or it's just it, it's just lagging. There's nothing happening, or the wrong things are happening on that project. It, it, it's because the project has lost the plot of itself. And so therefore, how do we get this project 
back up into speed. And you you can just, it's so simple. You can just say to your team, the consequences of not getting this project done is ABC. So how can we work together to get this project checked off, green light, done and forgotten about? And then everybody says, okay, well, how can I bring my genius to this project? And it might be completely different to how you as the project manager, the manager or the team leader had ever considered how that project would get done. At the end of the day, who cares how the project gets done? Who cares who brings their genius zone to it? As long as it gets done and it's great, right? That's all we really care about. The mechanics of how, oh, it, it really doesn't matter because as once the project's done, no one goes back and says, well, that wasn't done exceptionally well and then you have to go through it and lessons learned and that's boring. Just get people to say, okay, here's the problem on the table. We have to solve it. What's the best way of solving it? And in 30 minutes brainstorm, say, okay, everyone has to contribute to this project. What part can you contribute to? that will get this project across the line. And I bet money, I'm not a really betting person, but I would bet money that what that team comes up with after 30 minutes in a meeting will not be how you thought that project would get done. It'll be different. And that's okay, as long as you get to that end goal. Yeah. And not only that, but I feel like you get such greater buy-in when you're asking people to volunteer for the pieces that they are well-suited for, as opposed to just assigning work out. So it's a win all around. Yeah. And you might be it, you might be unintentionally giving something like writing down the step-by-step procedures to someone who is completely the opposite to that. Or you might be getting someone to do all the connections from one project to another. How does this particular project link to other projects who is not in that zone at all. They're not They're not that person. So they struggle with it. And yet someone else doing something completely against their genius zone could have done it so much better. It's like if you can map out all the tasks and say, okay, here's the 10 tasks for this project. All right, we're in it together. Which ones are you best at? Bing, 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 bang, 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 done. And then you go, wow, that was pretty easy, right? So I know I'm making it sound simple, but you know what? It really is. Once you get people, A, to know where their genius zone is, how do they take in and process information the best? That's completely personal. So now they know their archetype. How, as a manager, do I really dial that up and get the best out of people? And, you know, there's this the great thing at the moment, of course, is the quiet quitters. Well, why are people quiet quitting? Because they're not getting that fulfilment, the engagement in their workplace. And why is that? Probably because they're not working in their genius zone. Because if they're if they were working in their genius zone, it probably is true that they'd love their work because they're going, this is me. This company is me. What we're doing is me and I'm doing it really, really well. So employee engagement goes up, turnover goes down, quiet, quitting, forget it, and you now have a team that's operational. How good is that? I mean, that's what we all want, right? We all want people to love their work and, and love working with us. 
So let's talk a little bit more about how to shift your own behavior when you're working with someone who's not like you. So you mentioned earlier about how do you give instructions to someone or how do you kind of communicate to someone so that they're getting what they need to be able to do the work in their genius zone. So it it sounds like there's both a like, you got to know what their genius zone is and kind of put the work that's in the right space. But then it also sounds like there's some communication style that may be important here. Absolutely. And so each archetype also has naturally, they're just it's a part of the human condition, language that they use, which absolutely gives away their archetype. So I can tell people's archetype just by listening to them. And because they use what everybody use, uses sets of words that mirrors how they take in information, how they learn, how they prefer to learn, and how they process that information. So I've done the work to say, okay, what is that set of words? So if if you are, for example, the catalyst. So the catalyst archetype, for example, is one of those connection people and they're also very hands-on doing people. So they will use words like, I have a concrete proposal, or they'll say, let's change tracks, or they'll say, let's switch gears, or let's transform this. And they'll also talk about things like the advantage and the benefit and the meaning behind things and what motivates themselves or other people. And they'll talk about the spirit of the idea or the worthiness of the idea. So the catalyst is using completely different language to, for example, me, the futurist. So if I have a catalyst on my team and I'm the futurist, my language is all very visual. So I say things like, take a look at this, or let's look at this in a new perspective, or let's uncover the details here. I'm not using words like transform and switching gears. I don't use that in my natural language. I'm also talking about things like brainstorming and having buzz sessions and combining ideas and solving problems and dreaming up ideas. Now, the catalyst isn't using any of my language. So I created this tool called the Archetype Translator Tool. So how can I, as the futurist, connect with the catalyst? Well, the biggest skill to learn, and it's a a skill, absolutely, is to use the language of the catalyst. So when I write an email to the catalyst in my team, I talk about the project advantage. I talk about the benefit. I talk about the goal. And I talk about the spirit behind the project. I also talk about what they need to do in very concrete terms to achieve the project. And I use the words directly from the Archetype Translator tool. So the Archetype Translator tool is is actually on my desktop right now. It's my desktop wallpaper. So I don't have to go very far to go, okay, who am I talking to? The catalyst, blah, blah, blah. Catherine's given me the words, that's me. And I I just use these words in my language. If I do that in my email or the way I talk to that person, instantly I'm connecting with them. So my communication is landing really, really well because they're saying in their mind, not even consciously but subconsciously, Catherine's talking to me in my language. I get it. And so then 
I'm more likely to be more influential to the catalyst than if I was talking in my natural futurist language. Think of it like someone speaking French versus someone speaking Spanish. Someone speaking those two different languages can talk to each other all day and they might pick up the odd word. But if I'm speaking French naturally and you're speaking Spanish, imagine that, and imagine I could go, okay, what's that person speaking? Oh, that's Spanish. Okay, bang, I'll speak Spanish. And then I meet someone from Switzerland and they're they're speaking Swiss German. I'm speaking French, but imagine I go, oh, okay, that's Swiss German. I'll speak Swiss German or that's Portuguese or that's whatever. It's the same thing. It's this translation into their language. If you do that, instant connection. If you do that, then your communication is landing and you're way more influential. So not just with your team, but with customers, friends, family, the whole gamut. This is across the board. What a wonderful hack and what a great tool that people can use. You made it so simple. So thank you for that. We have to start to wrap up here. So Catherine, can you tell us about an amazing manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? I think the most, oh, I haven't had a manager for a long time, except for my accountant. I think he's probably my (laughs) manager now. But I've had my business for 28 years, which is probably longer than some of your listeners have been alive. And so I started my business a long time ago, but before that I had a real job and I actually worked for someone. And the one manager that sticks out to me is a man called John McCain. And I grew up in the computer industry at the beginning of the PC era. And John was an absolute visionary. And the company ended up kind of imploding. But what he did was he had this ability to unwittingly get people into their genius zones. And I remember the team that I was working on he took me to Sydney. I grew up in Adelaide and he transferred me to Sydney to run this team. And I was really young and he just knew how to get people all on the bus. And he was the leader. I don't even know if he did any work, but he seemed to be everywhere to everyone. He showed up and I can't remember a day when John was unhappy. I think he was unhappy at the end when the business, because we lost our major contract and the business imploded, but he was unhappy then. But for the time that I worked there, he was always that guy that made you smile and you wanted to do your best for him. You wanted to do the best for the company. And I've never forgotten him because he had that ability to get everybody sharing in his vision and it was outrageous at that time what we were doing in the tech industry and we were really the vanguards of this particular area of tech and it's always been the same even you know 30 years later now this thing still kind of exists in a different format but we invented it and so and he was the guy and maybe he and I were a bit similar he's probably the futurist if he did his archetypes now but he was the guy that really was inspirational and happy, like beyond happy. It was amazing. Yeah. So sounds like an incredible person. And where can people learn more about you? Keep up with your work, get a copy of your book. So thegeniusquotient.com is the website and you'll have the link in your show notes. And and so if you go to thegeniusquotient.com, you'll see the profile there. It takes 10 minutes, do the profile. Once you do the profile, 
It unlocks the vault of materials. You can get the book on Amazon, which is called Unlocking a Genius, or when you do your profile, it's in the vault of materials. Once you do your profile, you also get the book. So you get the report and we have things like Spotify playlists to get you into your genius zone and Alexa to tell you what your genius word is of the day and all these really cool tools and that's the 10-minute task. So just go to thegeniusquestion.com and it's all there for you. Awesome. I can't wait to check it out. Thank you so much for bringing your wisdom to our conversation today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. As you heard Catherine mention, you can take the Inner Genius Profile to discover how you learn and communicate. The profile takes about 10 minutes and will make the way you work, study, and communicate more efficient and effective. You'll discover your archetype, find your genius zone, and instantly access the GQ vault full of personalized materials and tools, including your unique archetype report, playlist, and a copy of Unlock Inner Genius book. Catherine is providing 50% off of the Inner Genius Profile to patron members of the Modern Manager community and participants in the Skills Accelerator, which I mentioned at the start. To become a patron member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join or check out the Skills Accelerator at themodernmanager.com slash skills dash accelerator. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.